Good morning, New Horizon family. It is really good to be with you this morning. Um, and we're going to do things a little bit differently this morning. We're going to do the pegs up front. Okay, so I'm going to invite Ginny, and um, she's just going to come and share with us a little bit about the Redbird mission and just while everybody takes their, their, their seats. It's really good to be with you this morning. So thanks, Ginny. Thank you for letting me share my heart because I certainly had the opportunity to share it in Southeast Kentucky. But um, I want to remind you the reason I'm up here is for the 10 for 10 this summer, the extra giving we give permission. So thank you for that opportunity. So some of you are saying, I really don't know much about Redbird Mission. So I said, well, let me start a little bit about the history. Did you know it's a great testimony to answered prayer? Back in the 1900s, the people in that treacherous ground and over the mountains, they were praying for help. And in the meantime, the Evangelical Church and Illinois Conference were aware of them, and they were praying how to help them. Well, finally, in 1921, they sent missionaries on horseback and they established and provided education, health, and evangelism. So for many years, they were providing on horseback and caring. And then in 1968, the Evangelical, United Evangelical Church merged with the Methodist Church. And that's how we ended up with Redbird Conference. So Redbird Conference is serving the most impoverished area of eastern Kentucky. They provide a health and dental clinic, community outreach, which is a very broad area. Um, they provide jobs, which are restricted in that area, so it's job opportunities there, and community development. And community development means thousands of volunteers from different churches go there and help improve homes. They may add on a wheelchair ramp or do repairs. But the heart and hope of Redbird Mission is its school. And many of their graduates are alumni who are attorneys, doctors, nurses, teachers, and many return there to serve. So let me tell you how I was called to serve there as a volunteer in mission. I had heard about it here at New Horizon for years. And I always had a yearning to love on the downtrodden and those that are hurting. And then there was a group of us from this church that went up, I think it was LaBelle, and we gleaned corn. And we gleaned so much corn that a fifth wheeler was full. And where did they take it? Redbird Mission. So I got on the website and I saw an opportunity to go up there and teach. And since God put this on my heart, I'm going to not say I, I'm going to say we. Because Jesus was with me throughout the entire time that I went there for many, many years. We went up there first to teach computer skills to the staff. Got the red bird fever, went back, and we established a computer lab with Microsoft Office and links to GED learning and certification. We went back and we met with Heifer. And guess what? Heifer's providing in that area. Families have goats and chickens and farmers are producing and growing and they have a farmer's market. But you know where our heart was? With the people. You know, <clears throat> we had so much fun. We'd take a Jeep and we would ride around all the little haulers. And we'd go in the mountains and talk to people. People, they said, were afraid of strangers, but uh, we had no problem. We'd go into gas stations where they serve hot dogs and bologna sandwiches, and we'd sit and talk to people. And then we planned a community event, and guess what? The most people ever attended that community event. Now, I don't know if they returned to Redbird and took advantage of the services, but I know we gave them a little bit of sweet Jesus while we were there. So let me tell you, when you give your $10 or whatever you want to give, 
You're being a witness for Christ in Appalachia. Or any mission, you're being a witness for Christ in the world or to each other. And there is an important need right now, because I called them and asked them where their greatest need was. And the air conditioning broke in their school in the heat of the summer. So if God puts that on your heart, maybe you can help some way. Just note that it's for the AC. But while I was there, I bought this in a craft store made by a local crafter. And you know what I see? I see that we're a child of God. He's holding the hands of these children. He's loving them. He's providing for them. He's teaching them. He's nurturing them. That's what we're called to do for each other, for the Appalachia, people we encounter in the stores, wherever you are. Just go and be like Jesus. And you know what? In the middle of a movie the other night, the hymn, Freely, Freely, came to mind. I don't know if you know the chorus. I'm going to try to sing it. I don't know if I can, but it goes like this. He said, freely, freely, you have received, freely, freely give. Go in my name, and because you believe, others will know that I live. Amen, amen, amen. You know, now we come to a time uh, for the call of worship. And I just want to share, that was the call to service that preceded the call to worship. Because, in fact, that's where her heart went, in service to others. So that's, that's beautiful, Jenny. Thank you so much for sharing that. Wow, amazing. So let's, uh, let's just go to God with our call to worship. And that means just settle your hearts and really be open to hearing the word that's before us. We gather this day from a week filled with needs and demands. Open your hearts in love to hear the voice of God. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Now, um, if you'll stand, we're going to have some worship through music. Lord, we thank you, God, for today. We thank you, God, for bringing us together one more time to a place where we can feel your presence place where we can sing praises to you, knowing that the praises are not going, just going, but it's going to a place where you will receive it, Lord. And we pray, God, that it will sound good in your ear, and that when we leave this place, Lord, we can be leaving this place rejoicing about the goodness of God. Have your way today, Lord. Come down in a mighty way. Fill this place with your Holy Spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name, and all God's people say, amen. I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. Don't know about you, but a, a lot of things happen in the house of the Lord. So let's look forward for great things. Amen? Amen. I need everybody's help to just worship him freely and give him thanks for waking us up this morning. Amen? Put your hands together. Come on. There we go. We thank you, Father God. Praise to your name, almost high. 
just want to be with you. And what a perfect note to open for the prayer. So I just want to have us bow our heads and go to God as we hear these words. Father God, giver and sustainer of all creation and ruler of all nations, we've come to worship you with a heart of gladness and yet are deeply stirred at what life in this world has become sometimes. Allow us to bow down before you in complete adoration of how you care for us, even in this brokenness. Help us to understand what it is that you would have us do as Christ followers to be more like Christ to others. We pray that your Holy Spirit will fill our hearts when we unite as one, longing only to bear witness to all that you are all that you have done, and all that will ever be. And we pray that your word will be the living water that would keep us thirsty, wanting more each time we hear it. Comfort us, Father, as we grieve those whom we've lost. And guide us as a shepherd when we stray from you. Lord, we humbly ask that you convict us make changes when things might seem broken or unbendable. Help us to search deeper still for others who need a supportive community and who need to know the truth about who you are. So often we long for something more in our lives when in fact you've already provided all that we need. Let us be grateful for these things which we take for granted. For you are in the very air which we breathe, in the manna that seems to just appear from nothing. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. We know that because of you, the sun shall continue to rise every single new day, as will the moon at night. And for this, we are grateful. Lord, you're a promise keeper, and we pray that we can follow your will and your way, that as the prophecies are fulfilled, you might be glorified. And on this day of worship, when we bow down to you and feel your mercy and grace, 
help us to rest in you during this time as we begin our service. And hear our prayer that Jesus taught us to pray and hear it as our praise to you, Lord. One voice saying, Our Father, Father who, who art in heaven, heaven hallowed, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Stand with us as we sing a song. Change my heart, O oh God. Change my heart, O oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, O oh God. May I be like you. Let's sing that again. Change my heart. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God. May I be like you. You are. You are. Amen. We come to our gospel reading this morning, and we're reading from Luke's gospel, chapter 10, just a couple of verses. In Luke's gospel, chapter 10, from verse 38 to verse 42. So while Jesus and his disciples were traveling, Jesus entered a village where a woman named Martha welcomed him in as a guest. She had a sister named Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his message. By contrast, Martha was preoccupied with getting everything ready for their meal. So Martha came to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to prepare the table all by myself. Tell her to help me. The Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. One thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the better part. It won't be taken away from her. Thanks be to God for his word. Amen. Part of what I enjoy about sharing the lectionary reading, and you all know about the lectionary readings, they, they are readings that are set all over the world where, where the Christian family just gather together and they focus in together. And, and you will see all over the world that people will read from this passage. And one of the things I love about that is it kind of keeps us connected with our brothers and sisters in Christ from all over the world. 
Another reason I like that is it's a good discipline. Because I have a sense at times when we read from the lectionary, we are seeking the move of the Holy Spirit in a way that speaks to us in the world. So when I was coming, um, people said, what are you going to preach on? And ministers have their 10 best sermons, right? And like, you want to start there because like, we want, I want you to come back, you know, that's like, that's the deal. It's like, you know, and, and, and now I don't stress a 10 to anymore. Um, so, and um, Michael and I chatted on the phone and I said, Michael, let's stick with the lectionary because that's a good thing. And so that's what we've been reading from. And these have just been wonderful passages, but we've actually been in, in one chapter. And as you know, it's like, it's important for us to kind of, to kind of link this chapter because we've kind of heard three different accounts. And, and I, I want to do part of that this morning with you as we look at what actually goes on in the Mary and Martha story. We started looking at some of the deep questions that we struggle with in life. Last week, we looked at the question, well, how is it that eternal life dwells within us? What do we need to do? And then we kind of discovered how the, the journey of the Samaritan is very much the journey of how we are all those people in the story. You know, we, we, we began the week before having a look at how, how we are always a people on mission. Jenny, I love your passion for the mission of the of Red Bird Mission. I have encountered a lot of passion for mission in New Horizon, and that's great. You know, it's like, it's like we are a sent people, and where is it that God sends us? And I love the fact that part of even the Old Testament reading for today is one where Abraham is, is, is given the prophecy that his wife is going to have a child, an impossible miracle. And so we, we're reminded that we are a commissioned people, but today we kind of go into the heart of the choices we make day to day. And so that's kind of where Jesus ends this piece of teaching. What are the choices that we make day after day after day? And so the first choice that I want us to focus on is that really Jesus reminds us that we need to choose hospitality. You will discover about Jesus that he likes to pop in at his friends. I don't know if that makes sense to you. But he, like, he likes to pop in, okay? I don't know if, like, you know, he just, he likes to just knock, you know, ring that bell. I'm on, you know, I'm traveling. I don't, you know, it's like, is that in the culture today, like, popping in? It's not really, hey, it's like, it's like, there's no point that I shouldn't go popping in anyway, right? Okay, but I mean, he does that. He's, he's on a journey. He's, he's traveling around. He's going all the time up and down from Jerusalem. And he, he looks for his friends, and he knows which ones bake the best, make the best food, like who's going to serve him well. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I've got the list already, by the way. Anne's given it to me. <laughs> and so there is a sense that, I mean, whether you see him, like you always see Jesus, he's going to a wedding. He's, he's, he makes, he, he lives his life in, with one another. You know, there is a deep sense that, that there is something holistic about living in community and being with each other in our homes, with one another, at restaurants, just kind of deeply connecting with one another. And so the first choice that we kind of find in this passage is that we are to choose hospitality. Now, now why? Why does Jesus kind of keep focusing on hospitality. So that, you see, what often happens in society or particularly in religious orders, and really he spent a lot of time preaching to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, is that once we get comfortable with our tribe, okay, once we get comfortable with our tribe, we want to stay connected just with that tribe. I mean, that's, that's nothing wrong with that. It's quite normal. But Jesus keeps shifting the parameters of who we allow in and who we don't allow in. And really, the idea of hospitality in this teaching is about being radically hospitable, particularly to the people who don't belong. 
So there is this radical hospitality that Jesus wants to stir into the heart of people that really, that the gospel message, because ultimately that's what's happening in chapter 10 of Luke's gospel. He's really unpacking the way of the Christian life. You know that the early Christians were called the people of the way. So there was a different way of doing things. And part of that way was a radical hospitality. Now, radical hospitality means that you find yourself a little bit uncomfortable when you provide hospitality. You know, it's, it's kind of nice to, to provide hospitality when you know that everything is going to go well in the space of the people you're going to meet with. There is nothing worse than being uncomfortable when you are providing hospitality because you're kind of on edge. But really, there is a call for radical hospitality. Jesus was saying, like, you need to go out and find the people that do not belong and bring them in and make them feel comfortable. Now, when I look at hospitality, there are a couple of things. One, hospitality requires of me the anticipation to welcome people in. I've got to anticipate what it means to welcome people in, even the stranger. It takes a lot of effort to welcome the stranger. Am I right? It doesn't take much effort to welcome your friends. Maybe your mother-in-law, I don't know. But, <laughs> but I mean, it takes effort to welcome the stranger. So we've got to anticipate the preparation in, in preparing ourselves for hospi hospitality. It takes planning. You know, it's like, I think of us as a church, you know, how welcoming are we of the stranger, the person that has never walked into this church before? Because ultimately, Jesus goes onto all levels of life. It is in our homes. It is in our churches. It is in our circles. It is in the, in the people we hang with, the people we spend our lives with. We have to plan to be radically hospitable. It actually doesn't come naturally. Naturally, we kind of gravitate to the people that we are most comfortable with. But really, radical hospitality, the one we find in the gospel, is one that is really how we have to plan, and kind of, it takes effort. It takes effort. It also takes a moment of being vulnerable. It's allowing people in. And I think that's what Jesus was kind of speaking about. It's like, you know, it, it's, we, we drop down the defenses we allow people to see us when everything isn't just shiny and bright and perfect and new. It's like we're vulnerable and we drop the defenses. And it's a sacred place. When we, when we are radically hospitable and when we prepare ourselves, we know that we walk on holy ground because we are called to be open. And so I think in the heart of, of this gospel message of Jesus, the, the one that becomes a way of life, it really is one where we discover a ministry of hospitality on every single level. And so two things happen, I believe, when we are hospitable. One is that restoration happens. We begin to become restored. The obvious is, I mean, it was the desert, okay? It was hot. Um, people, there was absolutely no air conditioner, okay? Um, they, people were exhausted. They were dirty. They were filled with sand. They were hungry. And so they were replenished. They, they're kind of an oasis, you know? And then they were recharged. So we are called to be hospitable so that we can restore one another. I, I, I have no doubt that, that part of our journey post-COVID, post this radical change in the world, is we have a ministry of restoration to provide to one another. Absolutely no doubt. We need to seek out people that require restoration, plenishing. It also, secondly, builds relationships. When we choose to be radically hospitable, we actually choose to invest in relationships. We choose to be welcoming. We choose to share our culture. <clears throat> Isn't it true that so often we, we have different cultures and we, we really can really show one another the differences in our culture when we choose to do that, when we choose to be hospitable? 
And so it really is love in action. And so I want us to kind of, as we keep looking as a church at, you know, what is, what is next for us as New Horizon? What is next for us as a community? We, we are seeking what does it mean to be a hospitable church. One of the things that I have discovered in this church, and, and Cynthia, the superintendent, um, spoke to me often about the incredible spirit that exists in New Horizon. And it really is such a gift, but ultimately it's a gift that we need to pass from this generation to the next. And so let's hold a, a spirit of humility as kind of something that God wants to craft into us. And then there's a second part to the scripture. We need to choose the one thing. Now, we spend a lot of time kind of being uncomfortable in the scripture. I don't know about you, but there is a moment where we are disrupted in this passage. I don't know if you feel that, but I feel that. That when you read that, I mean, we know that Jesus goes, he chooses to go to the place where people are hospitable. He, and, and Martha lets him in. She is prepared for him. And then there is a moment where we're not sure if Martha is angry, frustrated, irritated, wanting to shame her sister in front of Jesus, wanting Jesus. I don't know if you've ever done this. When you can't deal with someone in relationship, you call someone else in to deal with that. We've all done that. We all resonate with the scripture. We all know, like, you know, we don't have to be five or 10 to figure out the scripture. And I can see people jabbing one another. <laughs> I can see, like, there's so much you can see from up here. You have no idea. <laughs> if you knew. Okay. But we know, I mean, there is something in the scripture that we, it, it, it sits with us and, and we're uncomfortable and, it, and it's jarring. And suddenly we're like, well, what is going on here? And, uh, you know, I'm not sure that the scripture is really about, it's a little bit more than, you know, this deep search for the one thing. We all want the one thing. You know, we all, we all want to do life and do just this one thing that changes everything. You know, that's just how we love things to, do, to, to work out. And so when Jesus says, like, Jesus will not shame Mary, but he actually says she's made a better choice. I don't know about you, but everyone wants to make the better choice. Nobody wants to make the worst choice. And, like, yeah, like, you're thinking, but I'm so confused, God. Like, Mary's, like, Martha's made a great, now what's going on here? And, and I'm wanting to suggest that there is something deeper here. Now, just go with me for a minute. You all know what a hologram is. Am I right? You, you've all seen uh, the one place that I've seen a hologram is on my bank. You know, do you have that here? Like on your bank, you've got that little bird, right? And, one, and it looks different. So you know what a hologram is. Now, what's interesting about a hologram is it actually comes from a Greek word. And holo and logos meaning the whole story. And you have to look at it in different ways. Am I right? You can't, that little bird on your Visa or MasterCard, you know, you kind of, you got to flip it and look at it and, and like, and you know, depending on where the light falls, you see the shape and the form. Am I right? That's kind of the hologram works. And I'm not sure that maybe we need to search a little bit deeper with scripture. Sometimes we, we want to just live with the literal meaning, the simple first meaning, one picture of, of the hologram. Then, then, then other times we're quite happy with a metaphorical reading of it, just something that gives us another dimension. But perhaps the wisdom is, is, our, is our decision to start searching for the whole story. And really part of the journey, the, the, the Christian faith, is, is to kind of keep searching for a wisdom of the whole story. And maybe in the story, like we see the story of Jonah being gobbled by a, by a whale, like, and, and we all can kind of start identifying that the whole story is, in Jonah is a little bit like a deep struggle with, and we all know what it's like to be in the belly of, of painful decisions and being choked up on the other side of something. We, we know what that's like. And sometimes we actually even in the, the, the belly of the whale right now. 
It might be an illness. It might be a relationship. We don't know. And there's something even in Mary and Martha that ultimately it's the two of them that is the, the whole story. That there are moments where we are always Martha. Martha and sometimes is actually, it's like we know how to do this. Like she knows how to do this. She knows how to be the best person in her village, the one that Jesus stops at. She is brilliant. She is phenomenal. And, and we know how to be brilliant and phenomenal and radically productive. This nation knows how to be radically productive. I mean, it is a phenomenal nation in the world. It kind of leaves most nations far behind. They, we understand radical productivity, but it's almost as if Jesus kind of calls her past radical productivity to another place. Stephen Covey and, and Roger and Rebecca Merrill, everyone that kind of gives us the self-help theories, whatever they are, will say to you, psychology will tell you, what is the one activity, if you know you did it superbly well, you would have, and consistently, superbly well, and consistently, you would have positive results forever. What is the one activity? And, and we know that we're all in search of the one thing, right? But ultimately, Jesus calls us to the whole story. And the whole story is the moment when we choose to really be present to him alone. And I actually don't think that comes naturally. I don't. I think it, be, it often will come when we are in the middle of a, an illness, something that has broken us, something that has shifted our world. You know, I think that globally, that, that just like the Reformation was a, a line in the sand that shifted the times of history, we are in a new shifting of history. There's no doubt, globally, we are. The Christian churches, in a way, like, like you know, we, we're going through an enormous radical transformation. And so the whole story is finding the feet of Jesus. And, and I don't think that's a simple thing. And I don't think that thing is left for, for only a few people. It's left for all of us. It's like, how do we remain present to where we are? One of the things we identify with, Mary, with Martha in is, what does she do? She's distracted and she worries. You know, there is something in, in our radical productivity that actually insists that we remain distracted and worried because somehow we're not at the feet of Jesus. And I don't think that's always easy to find. At times, circumstances like, like great love or great pain will force us to the feet of Jesus. I've always found that. I have never found that it's like a natural kind of a skip and a hop and a jump and I'm going to Jesus. I have found people that have been through radical heartbreak and radical pain that find themselves at the feet of Jesus. And so there is a choice that we've got to make, that we, we're looking for the whole story here. We're looking to find the feet of Jesus. And there are ways of doing that. And maybe that's our journey, and that's my challenge to you this week. How do you get to the feet of Jesus? You know, is, it, is it prayer? And, and let me tell you what we're doing next week. And, and this is kind of how the scripture just holds us, right? We've looked at the way of discipleship. And next week, we're having a look at, at the Lord's Prayer. You know, may, you know, we find the feet of Jesus often when we choose to pray. We will find the feet of Jesus when we choose his word because there is a wisdom in his word. We will find the feet of Jesus when, when we remember that when we pray, heaven's door opens to us. We will find the, the feet of Jesus when, when life's pressure forces us to find a different perspective. We will find the feet of Jesus when we are reminded that no tribulation or stress will ever bring us to a place of complete persecution. We find the feet of Jesus when we choose to allow ourselves no longer to be in control. So I'm going to invite Nick up. Um, 
You know, sometimes we, we really need to seek the God that we worship. And so just as we close and just as you contemplate, thanks, Nick, um, and just as you kind of figure out for yourselves, like, you know, where is God in your whole story? Just listen to Nick read for us from the book of Colossians, kind of holding for us an image of the God that we worship. Thanks, Nick. No problem. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank Pastor Jackie for inviting me up here and, and allowing me uh, to read the scripture. And so first I want to provide some context, okay? So uh, the city of Colossae, uh, there, there was a man from Colossae, and uh, he, he learned about uh, God, I think from Paul, and, uh, um, and so then he started this church. But what happened was the church was a bit misguided, and uh, it turned out where they didn't have like the, the right idea of like that God was like the center of it all, and they thought that you know like angels were the mediators between you and God, when in reality, Jesus is the mediator between uh, us and God. When, uh, when we wonder, like, what does God look like? All we have to do is look to Jesus. And the thing is that while God is at the top of it, he's also the nearest to us all the time. So if we ever have to turn to someone, God is always there. So uh, now, uh, starting at verse uh, 15 from chapter 1, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the one who is first over all creation. Because all things were created by him, both in the heavens and on earth, the things that are visible and the things that are invisible, whether they are thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He existed before all things, and all things are held together in him. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the, the one who is firstborn from among the dead, so that he might occupy the first place in everything. Because all the fullness of God was pleased to live in him, and he reconciled all things to himself through him, whether things on earth or in the heavens. He brought peace through the blood of his cross. Once you were alienated from God, and you were enemies with him in your minds, which was shown by your evil actions. But now he has reconciled you by his physical body through death to, pre to pre present you before God as a people who are holy, faultless, and without blame. But you need to remain well-established and rooted in faith and not shift away from the hope given in the good news that you heard. This message has been preached throughout all creation under heaven. And I, Paul, became a servant of, the good, of this good news. Now I'm happy to be suffering for you. I'm completing what is missing from Christ's sufferings with my own body. I'm doing this for the sake of his body, which is the church. I became a servant of the church by God's commission, which was given to me for you in order to complete God's word. I'm completing it with a secret plan that has been hidden for ages and generations, but which, is now, which has now been revealed to his holy people. God wanted to make sure that, God wanted to make the glorious riches of this secret plan known among the Gentiles, which is Christ living in you, the hope of glory. This is what we preach as we warn and teach every person with all wisdom that we might present what each one mature in Christ. Here ends God's holy word. Amen. Thank you. So let us pray together. Lord God, we want to thank you that from generation to generation, you have made yourself visible in the stories of our lives, in the faith that we have lived out in the choices that we have made. We pray now, God, that we, we would be a place, a community, a church that would be so radical in our hospitality that we would see generations restored and replenished 
because your gospel is lived here. The invisible God become visible through the way we live. We want to pray today, God, for the choices of our lives. We, we, we ask you to make us uncomfortable. Make us uncomfortable in our incredible abilities so that they no longer remain our hiding places. So that we can make a choice to kneel at your feet, stripped away completely of power, activity, and distractions. Help us find the whole story of our lives. We're like Paul, God, on a journey where sometimes we are blinded and we need to have the scales removed from our eyes, really because we need to get closer with you. And so that is our prayer for this week, that somehow each one of us would find the feet of Jesus to settle in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, we receive the offering now, and I ask that, uh, that we are waited on for the offering. We do receive it in the plate, and I am aware that sometimes we're a little anxious about COVID, and so if you're not comfortable to touch the plate, just kind of pass it around. We do have lots of sanitizers for you, and for those of you that are joining us online, we thank you too for your generosity in this moment of giving. Thanks so much. Before we finish our time together in a moment of worship, just a couple of things from me. Um, if you could please fill in the red uh, registration pads that are somewhere along your what your row, we just want to stay connected with you in the week so we can and can kind of just um, be able to know who's worshiping and who's not, so we can kind of connect with you. Couple of notices. We're going to invite you at, towards sometime in in August. It's, I think on the twenty first for a moment of kind of just thinking and dreaming together about the life of New Horizon. Um, and we're going to have an external um, person by the name of Pastor Tim Smiley. He's going to be joining with us. So if you're available, can you put it in your calendars now between 2 and 5? Come and have some dessert. And we're just going to spend some time just thinking a little bit about the future, about who we are as a church. We're also going to have a couple of leaders' meetings. And, and there's going to be some coffee and, okay, it's coffee and iced tea and lemonade and amazing eats, okay, all right? And um, that's after the service. So, but now I'm going to say hi to you in the foyer, but if you want to just kind of just connect, um, Cynthia and LaVon have been laying it all out and making the lemonade, so it would be great to just spend a little bit of time with you. Um, so thank you so much. So let's stand together as we end our time in a moment of worship.
of the challenges that we have at church is that sometimes we rush out, but we're not, we don't always get prayed for. And I know that people come into church needing to be prayed for. And so I, Peyton and, and Glory are here, and they're here to pray for you today. So don't leave if you need a prayer. Don't leave if there's something that you're facing this, need, this week that, that needs to be prayed over. Okay. And so we join as, we, as, I, as I pronounce the benediction, for we have, we have declared that God is a God of the impossible. And so now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God, and may the presence of the Holy Spirit be with you now and throughout this week and forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.